The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Rebound Darnell Nurse. He fires, and that was redirected wide of the net. Little give and go. Adam Larson shoots and scores. 3-0. Drake Kajula station net front. Might have gotten a piece of that shot from Adam Larson. It is six straight home wins for the Edmonton Oilers. 4-1 the final tonight over the Philadelphia Flyers. Adam Larson scoring there his first of the season. Also a big night for Connor McDavid. He gets two goals and an assist. Leon Dreisaitl with three assists. Miko Koskinen wins again at Rogers Place. 31 saves. He is 7-0 on home ice as the Oilers go to 9-2-2 under Ken Hitchcock. They're 18-12-3 on the season. Hey, thanks for tuning in tonight. It's 9.58 Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction on 6.30. Ched, this is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Okay, well, a lot to talk about tonight, but I think we got to start with that Oilers line of McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Chason. Yeah, it was just too much for the Del- Philadelphia Flyers. The when Connor McDavid has success and his line mates have success, it's when they get against a team that's not deep defensively. Well, I mean, when they play Nashville, it's a little tougher because there's two pairings that can go out against them. Uh, when they play against LA, he's going head against Dowdy. The Philadelphia Flyers had nobody that could match them. And I, I know that they had three points each dry settled McDavid. It could have been more. Uh, there was a couple pucks that slipped off McDavid's skates. Uh, Chase On had a number of good opportunities. Uh, they, you just had nobody that could match his speed, nobody that could match them down low because of the fact that, I mean, McDavid, he's, he's not a giant, but there's no one in the league that can push him off the puck. And then you had Chase on and Leon who are both big, big men. So it's a team that can beat you off the cycle. It's a team that can, or excuse me, a line that can beat you off the cycle and a line that can beat you on the rush. And they did t- that tonight. The Oilers' goaltending was better, and the Oilers' top line was much better than the Philadelphia Flyers' top line. And Alex Chason just keeps rolling 14 goals now, gets into the slot and snipes another one tonight, had several other good chances in that 14 goals, a new career high. And, oh, by the way, we're only 33 games into the season. Uh, And what you like about him is he understands his role. And... Uh, there's been a number of players that have played on that top line and haven't had the se- success that Chase On has had who have had more skill than he has, probably a better shot than he has, maybe better hands, but he understands what he's supposed to do. He understands where he's supposed to go. He keeps plays alive. He uses his body for body positioning. He doesn't force plays. If there's no play through the middle, through the neutral zone, he gets pucks in deep, then he gets on his horse and he gets in on the forecheck. But his biggest attribute is the way he plays in front of the net. When you are playing with McDavid and Dreisaitl, you don't need to touch the puck until you're in the blue paint. He knows he knows that. And when he gets in the blue paint, his hands are soft. He knows how to put the puck in the right spot when he's shooting on the goalie. And he also knows how angles. Today on the goal that he got, he was about three feet too deep. When, when, when he was first in front of the net, he was trying to play to see if McDavid needed help behind the net. As soon as the puck went to dry settle, he moved three feet away from the defender, opened up a passing lane, got the puck, which allowed him an extra split second to get the puck on net, and then he made no mistake. So uh, Chason is, uh, has been a find for the Oilers. Uh, the Oilers are probably fortunate uh, that 
Maybe there was an injury in preseason that allowed Chase on to steal that spot. And once he had the opportunity, he has not let go of it. Pretty incredible story. And, and I love how you explain that, how he moves around. Because we, we talk all the time, and it's been talked about in hockey since the very first game was played, I'm sure. Get, get to the front of the net. Get, I mean, he gets there, but he doesn't just think, okay, well, I'm here. Now somebody hit my stick. He's, he's always making little adjustments. Well, he, he doesn't just get lost watching the puck. And there's a lot of guys that stand in front of the net that you just get mesmerized. And, and I've been there. You stand in front of the net, and the star player has the puck, and you just start watching just like the defenders do. What he does is he sees where the puck is, and then he anticipates, okay, where's the best place for me to be? If that puck's going over there, well, okay, I'm too deep here. I got to get away from a dender, a defender. He he gives him. He creates space. He puts himself in a spot where if he gets the puck, he's going to have that extra split second to make a play. And a split second in hockey is is a long, long time. And he allows himself to to be able to adjust when the puck's coming to him. And for the biggest thing is he he knows his role. And a lot of players who have played with McDavid and Drysaddle haven't understood their role. He does, and it's because of that he's having success. Oilers beat the Flyers 4-1. I think for me, Rob, there would be two really big surprises for the Oilers this season. We just talked about one. Alex Chason, you referenced the PTO, scratched the first five games of the season. Okay, where's he going to fit in? And now he's playing on the Oilers' top line with their two best offensive players. And the other one continues to be Miko Koskinen. I mean, a, a bit of a out-of-nowhere signing in the summer, and then we see him in the preseason, and we don't know what we're going to get, though we were pretty nervous about what we might get. Doesn't play till the ninth game of the season. And, and Jack said the stat at the end of the game, his goals against average on home ice is under one. He has eight appearances, seven starts. He's won all his starts, three shutouts, just one goal against tonight. His goals against average went up tonight. And you gave That's up right. one goal. I mean, you know you're having success when you give up one and your goals against average goes up. Um, quality starts. And two years ago when Talbot had his run, where, where the Oilers made the playoffs, you and I would sit in the press box, and there were nights you think, okay, nothing's getting by him. It just, you just had that feeling there's just nothing going to get by him. And then to, uh, that's why I feel like now when Koskinen plays, uh, I just don't think that they're able to, to find a hole on him. I mean, he's a six foot seven dude that, that when, he has, when, he, when he's got eyes on the puck, he's going to swallow it. And the one thing that we saw in the preseason that scared a lot of fans and scared a lot of media and probably scared the coaching staff a bit, obviously he didn't play at the beginning, was the fact that things were bouncing off him. He wa- it wasn't Velcro. It wasn't sticking to him. But that's, that's not happening now. He's not giving up rebounds. He's not giving up second chances. And what I loved about him during the preseason when things weren't going well, he never, he, he never got flustered. He said, you know what? I'm going to be better. I, I'm just adjusting right now. Just give me some time. I will be there. And, and you got to appreciate the fact that he had the confidence to, to know that his game was not at its best. I don't know if there was a lot of other people in town that had the same confidence he did. But now there was the end again. And what you like about players, too. At the beginning of the year, Chason was sitting out. He was a, a second thought. Is he going to even make the lineup? Never got down on himself. Eventually gets his opportunity, sees it. Same as Koskinen. He, he couldn't get in the net at the beginning of the year because of what they saw in the preseason. He bides his time, continues to work in practice, finally gets his chance and his run with it. So uh, there's a lot of players that don't. Some players will pout. Some players will, you know, get on the phone to their agent, get me out of here. They both just stayed, stayed quiet, worked hard, got their chance, and have succeeded. 
4-1, the Oilers knock off the Flyers tonight at Rogers Place. Koskinen's record overall, 11-3-1. Mentioned the uh, 7-0 mark on home ice. The Oilers are going to go into Vancouver on Sunday. Our coverage will start at 6.30 here on 6.30. Chet, 18-12-3 for Edmonton. They are third in the Pacific Division. You can get us at 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. Rob, obviously a few people texting in tonight asking uh, about Caleb Jones' NHL debut. I thought he looked fine. Um, what was his final ice time? Then I didn't even look he at it. Fifteen, uh, sorry, 12, twelve. Twelve minutes. Uh, he, he looked comfortable out there. Uh, you know, it's a tough decision to come up as a as a young defenseman, and then you throw in the fact that there's really nobody there to protect him. You, you know, it's not you're going to shelter his minutes. You got four guys that you're trying to shelter minutes for in this game, so he can't really, you know, cherry pick what shifts he's going to get on for. Uh, he, he looked comfortable. He looked confident. Uh, he skated well. I. I think the biggest thing you can say about it is you didn't notice, which is a good thing for a young defenseman coming up in a hockey game. There was nothing glaring about his game. You're like, oh, you know, we've got to improve on that. So uh, to me, uh, he's certainly earned himself uh, another game and, and will be in there against the Canucks. All right, the Oilers win it 4-1 over the Flyers. We'll hear from Coach Ken Hitchcock in a minute or two here. Let's go to 780-496-0063. We have Curtis standing by. Good evening, Curtis. Go ahead. Hey guys, um, just a quick comment and then a question. Um, I'm actually one of the uh, agency photographers who shoot the game. And one of my comments is, last year I got a lot of requests from my agency asking for more action in the corners. And I noticed last year they, they weren't really dumping it in, they weren't banging, they for sure weren't cycling. And as a photographer, we telescope the game, we shoot, we have to anticipate. And this year, same thing, very little corner action. And since Hitch has come around, oh my God, especially that Brodziak line. I mean, we got to get our cameras out of the holes. Everything's being dumped in. <laughs> Cycles, hits against the glass. I got my lens chipped tonight. Not too bad, but my point is, is that it is a fundamentally different game. And I'm not talking the corner line. That's a whole nother ball game. But, but I would even say the news line. Everything is coming deep and there's a lot of action. So just an observation. But my question is to Rob. Very few people have played in the NHL, and I'm curious to think, what is going through Chason's mind right now as a player? Like, just, he's scoring, he's on the best line in the NHL, or one of the best, like, what's, what's happening with him? Is he thinking about next year? Like, what happens when you play with the greatest player in the world and you're scoring? Well, I, it's funny, in the year 2018, you think Alex Chason, the best thing that happened to him is he won a Stanley Cup. Well, <laughs> he's also earned a spot on the uh, on the top line in the National Hockey League playing with the best player, which could turn into a really big contract. So uh, right now, I, I, I think he understands what his position is. I, I think he knows that, you know, Connor and Leon are always going to be superstars in this league, and they can always find other wingers if all of a sudden things start drying up for him or if he loses his work ethic or he loses the thinking that he needs on the game. So he's a professional. He understands that for him to be there, he has to do the little things. He can't cheat. He can never cheat in a game. If he does that, Hitch will find someone else to play there, and I've yet to see that. So I think right now he goes to bed every night with a big smile on his face, looking forward to getting up the next day, putting on the practice jersey, knowing he's going to be with Leon and Connor. From the little I've talked to Chase on, just getting to interview him and talk to him a little bit since he came to Edmonton, 
I, I don't think he's thinking about next year. I, I think he understands that that doesn't do him any good or thinking about a, a new con. I mean, I'm, no, I'm, true. I'm sure it, it, it I mean, does, it's human it, nature. It creeps but into I don't, your mind, But yes. I don't think that's his, part of his game preparation no, or no. his overall. You know, he's not thinking I, if I, I score I, three I think tonight. if he does start thinking about that, he's the type of trouble. guy, I'm gonna, i got to pull myself back and, and do what my job is immediately. No, absolutely. I mean, he, he's been around long enough to know that there's highs and lows in the National Hockey League. He won a Stanley Cup and all of a sudden was out of a job. The other point that the, the caller just made there about working in the corners, the one thing that the Oilers are doing much better now than they did under Todd is when they get to the red line and they do not have numbers, they're dumping pucks in deep. And that is something that Hitch will preach all the time. Do not try to beat a guy one-on-two at the blue line. Do not try to beat some guy. And what we saw a, a number of times, especially early, Milan Lucic would come down one-on-three, and instead of getting it in and starting a four-check, he would try to beat guys. You do not see the Oilers turning the puck over at the red line anymore. If there is no play, they get it in deep, and that is why there's so much cycle time now for the Edmonton Oilers. 4-1, the Oilers beat the Flyers. More of your phone calls in a minute here. But let's go down to the Hall of Fame room for GCL Diesel, genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices, gcldiesel.com. Here is Ken Hitchcock. Uh, Well, I liked a lot of it. Uh, You know, the first period, obviously you could see one team that had the day's rest, but I thought our energy got better and better as it went on, and that we knew that was going to happen. It kind of works in reverse. I think the concern I had wasn't back-to-back. It's eight games and 14 nights, and that's that's a lot of hockey. That's almost unheard of, and that, that was, to me, the bigger worry was when are we going to hit the wall, and we didn't. We didn't hit the wall, so that's a good sign. And, uh, you know, we still got three more games under difficult situations before we get a break so we're just going to have to manufacture and manage things and see if we can keep getting points i can uh, maybe just talk about ryan spooner because he was earlier on uh, uh last week he was talking about maybe struggling since he first got acquired and kind of wasn't really in the rhythm of his game he's got points on back-to-back nights have you seen a little bit more confidence out of the four yeah i i thought uh I thought when we made the switch with the line, it helped both lines. Uh, Spoons needed more size because they were playing size against him. And uh, Lucic going there helped a lot. And then uh, uh, Brodziak, they were playing speed against Brodziak, or we were playing speed with, again, with uh, Brodziak's line. And I thought Ryder helped Brodziak. So I thought it helped both lines. It allowed me to have two third lines. Uh, but Spoons is a good offensive player. and. And when he's able to sustain offensive pressure, which guys like Lucic help him with because they, they manage the puck well, they hang on to it, uh, made for really four solid lines today. Yeah, I think okay was the first period. I thought we played really well in the second. I thought the way we managed the game in the second, and even uh, we were never in trouble until they scored their goal in the third. I thought we managed the game properly and did a good job. And uh, I thought our energy got better and better as the game went on. I mean, as, as I was saying to these gentlemen here, Jim, this is eight games and 14 nights, which is awful difficult. And to get points in these games playing at 70% is pretty good. And uh, I, I just thought as the game went on, we really did a good job in managing it. Jason just keeps 
shooting the square? Yeah, he's, it's a good line. And when you have a player that knows how to get in the scoring position, like that's an uncommon skill to see a person that knows that plays one play ahead like Chason does. He plays one play ahead all the time. He knows where, what spot's going to open on the ice and he finds it. And then he's got a quick release. He gets it away quickly. It's a good sign. We get your thoughts on Jones and his first NHL action. I thought he was a little bit uh, cautious at the start. And, um, you know, trying to sort through things, having no practices with us, one pregame optional skate. Um... And I thought he got better and better as the game went on. I think the part I like is that he's, for a young guy, he's really strong in the red zone. He, he muscled guys off pucks at the net front that, in a real good manner. And I think um, we benefit from a well-coached player. Like between Mike Johnson and the staff down in Bakersfield, Caleb's got a lot of really sound, good coaching, and we're, we're going to benefit from this. So was this a tough game for Koskinen to play or compared to some of the other games at home or did your team do such a good defensive until the third period where you had to make some really good stops? Yeah, I didn't think he had a lot of action in the third until the end and I just thought he was solid. He's he's solid. Both guys are giving us a chance to win every night. It seems like... uh, Talbs gets more odd man rushes than Koski does. Koski gets more in zone play, and uh, I think a lot of that is, is uh, you know, because when when Talbs is there, a lot of times we're chasing the game, you know. But I, th- both guys are, they're the big story for me. Both guys and the, the defense pair with Larson and and Darnell, they still played lots of minutes tonight. Were you, was there any thought when you're up by three? Okay, that's. Well, I think what we're finding out with Nurse, the more he plays, the better he plays. I think we're finding that out. I think he he's calmer with the puck. He sees the ice better. He he lets the puck work for him. I, I think we're finding out that the more the, the more a Doc plays, the better he plays. And I think that's something moving forward we can really invest in because he looks like a guy that doesn't really get engaged until he's at the 25-minute mark. And... You know, that's a lot like Petro is in uh, St. Louis. Petrangelo is the same way. You know, he gets, he plays better at 28 minutes than he does at 22 minutes. And I think we're finding that with Nurse, too. That's Oilers head coach Ken Hitchcock. Oilers knock off the Flyers 4-1 tonight at Rogers Place. Darnell Nurse, 27.50 of ice time, had two assists, plus two. He was good. Uh, and the Oilers have needed him to be good. When you lose, you know, a 28-minute guy in Clefbaum and you lose Russell, who's your top four defenseman as well and a heart-and-soul type of player, you need guys to step up. And Darnell Nurse, uh, he, he's stepping up playing against the other team's top players. He's stepping up penalty killing. He's on the first power play unit now. Uh, the expectations for Dar- Darnell Nurse were high early, and then they got tempered a little bit. So they say, okay, maybe he's only going to be this. Well... We're starting to see him take strides to becoming, you know, a number one defenseman, a number one two defenseman, and he's been very, very good. And for him to put the type of efforts he has put in in the last three games, three, three games and four nights with those kind of minutes, they're not easy minutes that he's playing. He's playing tough minutes, and it doesn't seem to bother him. Now, I'm not sure he gets starts picking it up at the 25-minute mark like <laughs> Hitch just said there, but uh, a lot of... And we heard, actually, Gravel talk about it, too. The more you play, the, the better you seem to feel. 
because you're, you, there's no long stretches where you're not getting ice time. Your, your mind is always in it. Your body's always in it. And, and Darnell Nurse has been excellent. And it, it, it certainly softens the blow of having Sakharin Klepp on both ends of the lineup right now. That's our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Oilers over Philly, 4-1 tonight. Three points each for McDavid and Dreisaitl. You can get us at 780-496-0063. We will welcome Tony to overtime open line. Hello, Tony. Hey, how's it going, boys? Pretty good. Um, I have a few comments here. Um, the one is... Uh, the one thing I've noticed about the Oilers in the last few games, and I don't understand this, is why does it seem like you know they go hard and hard and hard for the first two for the first two periods, and then the second period is kind of like you slack off. Um, the second one is um, McDavid and Drysdale are obviously like a dynamic duo. Like I have never seen a um, you know a duo like that. I want to know what the record is for the Oilers when McDavid and Drysdale have. Two or more, two or more points in a single hockey game. Like what the record is. Well, it'll be very good. Oh yeah, I'd have to. That, I mean, that's you, a lot you, of. Usually, when, back, you're, when your best players have two or three goals in a night, you're you're going to have a, a a good record. Is for why the others in the third periods. Uh, one well, the last three games they've had the lead. Yeah, exactly. They've had the lead. The other team's going to do a, have a push. They are shorthanded where they're missing two of their top four defensemen. Actually, last five games they've had the lead after after two. And they've got they played eight games in fourteen nights. It, it, it affects you. So, uh, to me, if you've got the lead and you get the two points at the end of the night, you know what? You overlook some, some blurps in your game. No team is going to play sixty full minutes and dominate for sixty full minutes. You, you just don't see it. The teams in the National Hockey League are too close in skill level, too close in work ethic. You just hope that you win more of the ebbs and flows than the other teams, and that's what the Oilers are doing right now. In the last three third periods, the Oilers have been outshot 46-13. I mean, they got, yep. they got crushed yesterday in Winnipeg in the third. Winnipeg, well, Winnipeg's a very, very good hockey club, yeah. and they're going up against a team that's missing two of their top four defensemen. They pushed, and the Oilers were trying to hang on. Um, I And the fact that the Oilers have played a lot of hockey as of late, they were tired. But I'm not too concerned about that. It's bottom, I mean, the bottom line is the Oilers have had a nice little run here and won some big games. On the road. Winnipeg's playing on home ice. They're, they're favored to win that hockey game against, the Winni- against an Oilers team that's beat up. So I, to me, let's look at the glass half, half full or even three quarters full with the way the Oilers have played as of late. 4-1 over Philadelphia tonight as we check your scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals with daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options. Head to AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. The Devils come from behind and beat the Golden Knights 5-4 in overtime. Arizona getting past the Rangers 4-3 in OT. Penguins outscore the Bruins 5-3. Ottawa wins 4-2 in Detroit. Ovechkin, another hat-trick Rob 6-5 shootout win for the Caps in Carolina. I remember five or six years ago when people were saying Alex Ovechkin, you know what, he's on his downward spiral, he's not the same player he was. He's on pace, I think my son sent me a text today, he was on pace for like 74 goals this season. Yeah, he's 28 goals now. Unbelievable, good on Ovi. Blues in overtime, 4-3 over the Avalanche. Ryan O'Reilly scored the winner shorthanded in overtime. Yeah, that's not good. Four against three. Oh, I wonder, I mean, would they have pulled their goalie? 
We have seen some teams on a 4-3 and three power play in overtime pull their goalie. I don't it, think so. If not, then, I mean, you cannot give up a shorthanded goal in overtime when you're on the power play. Shame on them. In overtime, the Jets beat the Blackhawks 4-3. Shifley, two goals, including the winner. He's up to 20 on the season. Line A gets his 23rd. And, of course, right here in Edmonton, 4-1 Oilers over Flyers. The Oilers farm team in a 3-3 tie with San Diego halfway through the third period. Condor's goal scorers tonight, Joe Gambardella, Cooper Marodi, and Luke Esposito. 780-496-0063. We have Brandon on the line. Hey, Brandon, thanks a lot for calling. Hey, how are you? Pretty good. Just a couple of quick questions for you guys. What do you think the um, biggest changes have been under Ken Hitchcock in terms of the uh, team play changing? And I was looking at the uh, standings. I'm just a little bit lost as to why we're behind San Jose when we have the... Um, because the, that's a good question. If the teams haven't played each other an equal number of times, they or an even number of times, they don't count the first game in the team's building that had the extra home game. So that win in San Jose does not apply to the tiebreaker because they've only played each other once. So okay. it, it, a road win should be to, Ed, to Edmonton's advantage, but in this case it isn't. And as so, far goal, as, so goal differential is the tiebreaker that has San Jose ahead of them. And as far as what the biggest difference between the two coaches is, it's simple goaltending. Koskinen and Talbot have been so much better under Ken Hitchcock than they were under Todd McClellan. There's other little things. That the penalty killing is much more aggressive. The Oilers aren't turning the puck over in the neutral zone. But if you want, if you want one simple answer, goaltending is so much better now. Now, but are they giving up fewer? Well, I don't. I saw a thing. There's sparkling a th- chances. There was a thing in the paper today where they talked about that the Oilers actually had fewer Grade A scoring chances and more grade A chances against since Ken Hitchcock took over, which I found surprising, but someone who has a lot more time yeah, than me did how you, stop how you track some of it. I, I read an interesting article too, Brandon, and that's a good question today. Uh, Hitchcock did an interview with a couple of Philadelphia writers, and, and he said that what he is trying to stress is a lot of post-game review. He actually said pre-game preparation is overrated. So the day after a game, he finds it more valuable to look at game situations from the previous night's game and say, okay, this was this was really good. This has to be corrected for next time as opposed to throwing a lot of information on a guy on guys right before a game. Well, if you look at uh, today's youth, it's all instant. Everything, you got Instagram, you got Facebook, you have Snapchat. Everybody wants information immediately, and I guess that's what you're getting uh, if you come in right after the game. I know that when, when there was... A period. If I go in a period and I, I do something wrong, or we get scored against, or there's a missed chance, I like going right after the period into the coach's office and watch it on video. I like seeing it right away. Then I could, okay, now it's what I hated stewing on something, thinking something all night long, then going the next day and say, okay, what did we do wrong there? So I agree, and I think a lot of it is today's youth. They, they want, they want it instantly. They don't want to wait on it and try to figure it out the next day. All right, Alberta, not kind to the Flyers. They lose dramatically in Calgary a couple of days ago and then are beaten 4-1 tonight by the Edmonton Oilers. They're coached by Dave Haxtall. His remarks for BDO, first call, debt solutions, bankruptcies and consumer proposals, license insolvency trustees. This is another case where you, you have spurts and points and periods where you play well but can't really put together the entire game? Well, we're chasing the game. We, you know, we, we gave up. The first goal against is, uh, you know, that's that's too easy of a play to give up. And now you start, you know, you, you, know, you start uh, down one and, uh, you know, and you start to chase it a little bit. Uh, probably the, 
you know, if you, if you really look at it, the opportunity to have a turning point in our favor was the uh, was the four minutes uh, in early in the second, and we didn't. Not only did we not, you know, generate a goal, but we didn't generate a lot of momentum off of that power play. What, what, did, what did you see with that specifically? Is it so much what? past the, the four minutes? That four-minute power play. Why was we were on the outside. Yeah, we were on the outside when we did get set up. We didn't get anything to the inside, um, you know, or, or anything through. You know, seam plays are tough. We didn't set much up by, you know, by getting pucks to the net and getting to the inside. You know, uh, Dave, Dave Axtell, coach of the Flyers, an old teammate of mine and a really good guy, and I think he's got a future in, in coaching, and hopefully he'll, he'll last through the season here with the Flyers. But one thing I was disappointed in with the Philadelphia Flyers today. They're down two goals. They get a power play with three-something to go in the hockey game. They need two goals. How you do not pull your goalie, I do not understand. Six on four for three. You, you need two goals. So disappointing. Like, why pull the goalie with a minute left when you have a one-man advantage? Why not do it when you have a two-man advantage? So I did not understand that, and I think that was a disservice to his team, and I think they would have had a much better chance of scoring a goal had they been six on four. So I did not understand that coaching move. 4-1 Oilers win it, 780-496-0063. We have Andy standing by. Hey, Andy, go ahead. Yes, uh, one comment about uh, Lucic. I, I think he's slowly gaining uh, respect to the fans again. And... Uh, and I think Hitchcock is a big, uh, big thing for that. What do you guys think? Well, I, I think when Hitch first came in here, the first thing he said when he was talking about Milan Lucic is, I'm not here to talk about his goals. I'm here to talk about how he can be an effective hockey player in a different role for the team. He's put him as a third or fourth line player. Uh, Milan has... Uh, you know, taking that role and gone with it. He's been a physical force. He's uh, He's been an intimidating force. Uh, I mean, you don't see the frustration. You don't see the poor body language that you saw last year. I mean, he still has got two goals in his last almost 80 games now. Yet last year at this time, things weren't, well, not this time, later in the season, when things were going well, you could see he was, he was breaking his stick over the boards. You could see his shoulders slump. And understandably, he was expecting big things. And, and it the didn't team happen. wasn't winning. team wasn't winning. But right now, you're not seeing that out of him. The goals still aren't coming, and the chances aren't there as much as we've seen in the past. But he's been physical. He's been intimidating. He, he, he creates uh, momentum through other types of things. And the one thing that I've always seen with Oiler fans is they appreciate a work ethic. They love skill, but they appreciate a work ethic. And Milan has been very, very good doing that. And uh, he, along with his line mates, have been a big part of why the Oilers have had this nice little stretch. All right, Steve up next on the phone lines. You'll also hear from Caleb Jones, who plays his first NHL game, and Alex Chason, who hits a new career high in goals. Oilers down the Flyers 4-1, presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Austin Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 6.30 chair. In the league scoring race. Leon Drysaddle turns it over in front. Quick shot. Save made by Koskinen. Point blank on Konechny. But another sloppy play in their own zone for the Oilers. Koskinen bailed him out that time. 
All right, Koskinen gets another win on home ice. 7-0 at Rogers Place. That was a save of the game for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game. JiffyLoopService.ca. Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins. We're live in Studio 99, breaking down the Oilers' 4-1 victory over the Philadelphia Flyers. Edmonton gets up to 18-12-3 on the season. We're going to get to Caleb Jones in a minute here, but first we'll go to Steve on the open line. Steve, thanks a lot for calling. Hey, how are you guys doing? Doing well. Good. Um, I just got a. Um, I'm just intrigued on what Ken Hitchcock said about the goaltending. Um, if I can get your guys' input, and then I'll let you guys go. Uh, how he said that when Talbot's in net, the Oilers tend to chase more, and when Koskinen is in net, they tend he tends to play stronger. Can you guys just? Uh, yeah, I thought like, what does he, that mean? I, I thought he felt that he, he said they give up more odd man rushes with Talbot in but, net and but, more. But then he said because they're chasing, they're giving up more on that. Yes, So I'm guessing he's saying that. Now, I I don't know for sure, putting words in his mouth, but I think maybe when Talbot's been in, they've been behind in games. And when they're behind in games, you start taking chances. When you start taking chances, you chase, which gives up odd man rushes the other way. So that's what I'm guessing. Uh, But, I mean, I'd have to see what both goalies' records are, who gives up the first goal or, or whatnot. But... Uh, that's my guess. Chasing means you're usually behind, and that's why you're giving up odd man rushes. Yeah, and, and as we've heard from Hitch, he, he's very deliberate to be mostly positive with his public yes. comments. So sometimes he finds things to say that are positive, and then you got to try and figure out why he said it. <laughs> Trust me, I've been in his office many, many times when I play for him, and I left one. And it was came, all what? positive every no, single it, time. No, it was not. It was not. I've been kicked off his team more times. Uh, dad, Only for a few minutes, though. That's you, you, true. Later in the day, you were always back on. Well, that's because my dad was the GM. He had to take me back. Oilers beat the Flyers 4-1. First NHL game for Caleb Jones. Here he is for GCL Diesel, genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices, gcldiesel.com. Are you? Yeah. Oh, oh just tell me how you how, how you went. Oh no, yeah. I thought uh, kind of a little bit of nerves to start. I thought I kind of had to settle in, and then I thought uh, just, I thought kind of in the second, um, I kind of settled in a little bit with the shifts I got. In the third, I was kind of taking a regular shift there, and I thought I thought I played better in the third, and kind of had to settle in, like you said, and get the nervousness out. And yeah, I feel like it's uh, definitely a game I can build off of. So now that you've played one, what do you? Okay, now I've played one. At least for sure, I played that one game and, and then go from there. Yeah, kind of. Uh, I think you just build off it. You try to. You now that's their motto, actually, down in uh, Bakersfield. Is uh, get better every day. So I think you gotta you build off these games and you just keep getting better and keep improving. So your equipment <laughs> didn't get there for practice yesterday. Uh, the pregame skate, yeah. So yeah, I didn't get a pregame skate in. Um, I was able to take warm up yesterday, so I kind of got my feet moving there, and then I had a little skate this morning. So and then. Yeah, it was kind of tough that it didn't come in. I kind of wanted a good pregame skate, but sorry. Seth, tell you, he didn't. They didn't play tonight, so I'm sure he yeah. had the game on. They don't yeah, play, yeah. Play more yeah, yeah. He texted me that when he found out I was playing and uh, just said, "Play your game. Don't be nervous." Kind of the, the simple things, and get, nice you know, take say. your first, nice to say, take yeah. your first couple of shifts, get into the game, and um, you know, just you belong there. That's kind of a big deal. So, see your mom waving. The warm-up. I think I did, yeah. I was. Yeah, I was like, uh, I kind of glanced over. <laughs> it, was, it was good. It was so, good. Yeah. Hey, listen, she's happy. Yeah, she is. Yeah, no, is the, I, I understand. Is it the speed? Is it the size? What's the biggest uh, step up when you get um, to this level? Qu- quicker. <laughs> 
Quicker. I would say the uh, quickness. You get the puck, you know what you're doing with it. Uh, I think that was part of my, a little bit when I was nervous. I think I was half a step behind kind of to start there and uh, just trying to make quicker plays, strong, like harder plays, and I think I kind of uh, started to do that as the game went on. All right, there's Caleb Jones, NHL debut tonight. Had his uh, mom, uh, grandma, and his old billets from Ann Arbor in the crowd tonight. His uh, dad, Popeye, an assistant coach with the Indiana Pacers, who beat Philadelphia tonight 113-101. Raptors uh, lose in Portland 128-122. That's too bad. It was cool, Popeye Jones. I was a big fan of him. Want to remind people here before we uh, uh, get to Ron on the open line, tomorrow is... Tomorrow and Saturday, delivery day for 6.30 Chet Santa's Anonymous. Santa'sAnonymous.ca for more info, but remember it's at 12122 68th Street. That's the Jerry Forbes Center for Community Service. Dispatching starts at 9.30 a.m. both Saturday and Sunday. goes until 3 Saturday, and whenever the last package leaves the depot on Sunday, you have to bring your driver's license and your insurance into the depot for verification. There's a Santa's Drivers app that helps you out as well. Uh, I mean, we have thousands of people helping with Santa's Anonymous in a lot of ways, and, and so many people come out to drive and deliver over the weekend. So if you're available and you can do it tomorrow or you've done it in the past, thank you. It's always a great weekend. Yeah, and they gained a few uh, teddy bears this year for for Santa's Anonymous through the teddy bear toss at the Oil King game. Oilers beat the Flyers 4-1-7804960063. We have Ron standing by. Go ahead, Ron. Yes, I was just wondering how long uh, Russell and Clefbaum are out. Well, they haven't said for sure. It doesn't sound uh, too bad for Russell, but, it, but I mean, I, I, he may not play where they have three games before Christmas. I don't know if we'll see him. Clefbaum is longer term. I, I don't think you'll see Clefbaum until, my guess, end of January, February. That's just a oh, guess. Yeah, really? In January, they have the All-Star break and then they're by, so they don't play for the last week and a half of January. You may not see him until February. No, that's my oh. guess, too. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's tough. They're going to have to work around it here. Now, maybe Sekera comes back in the meantime. Maybe in yeah, the new year. Yeah, for sure. And uh, like I said, I don't fellows. think... Russell has a kind of a history of needing a week or two at some point every year. Just right. because, uh, you know, Bob mentioned he's... He, you know, the, well, a lot of players have groin injuries or, or pain. Uh, right. So he's, he's dealt with that throughout his career as well. Well, the so. fact that he doesn't miss more games with the amount of shots that he blocks is absolutely amazing. We are going to finish the play with Ron. We want to put your name into the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental at Fast Track Indoor Karting. Safe, adrenaline, pumping, fun. FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. Here we go. Checking is Connor McDavid. Forced and loose. Here's a quick shot. Tries it'll save. Rebound. All right, so McDavid shoots and scores there in the second period. Ron, was he, was he in front of the icing line or behind the icing line when he scored? Behind. Checking is Connor McDavid. Forced and loose. Here's a quick shot. Drys little save. Rebound slammed home off the back of Stollers. What a play by Connor McDavid. It- so McDavid finds yet another way to. Well, I'm not saying he hasn't scored like that before, but gets his 18th of the season, banking it in off Stollers. Hey, he started the whole play on the four check. Uh, Gostin Bear's on his way back. Wasn't on his horse. Thought he could play one on one against McDavid in the corner. That didn't turn out very well. And then McDavid, the puck. After a rebound of a dry settle shot comes to him, 
he, he, he sees that uh, the goaltender was off his post and tried banking it off his backside, and he did. Uh, very few in the National Hockey League will try it. Very f- Even fewer are, more, are successful at it. Connor was, and at that time was a huge goal for the Oilers. Oilers win at 4-1. If they could have got to 5, we would have turned on the Japanese Village Goal Light on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com, which would allow you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village steak and seafood cooked at your table. Edmonton South, downtown, Northside, and Sherwood Park. The Oilers have won six straight at Rogers Place. We'll go from Edmonton to Phoenix and bring Chris onto the show. Hello, Chris. Hey, before I uh, make my comments here, I just want to thank the Philadelphia Flyers for sucking so bad. Oh, jeez. Um, well, I'm, sure, uh, I'm sure they'll say you're welcome. And um, my comment on Hitch, like we all knew that he was one of the best coaches of all time. I think it's, it's fair to say, right? Yeah, he, he's, he's any, a great coach. I don't think anybody realistically thought that he could get as much out of this group of defensemen as he's getting from, as, as he is getting now. Because if you look at all the guys, uh, minus Nurse and Larson, every one of those defensemen are playing above where they're supposed to be. Um, it, it's ridiculous. Like, I don't think there's a, a coach in our Oilers history, uh, with the exception of maybe Saber, that could have uh, could have done this with this decor at this present moment. Um, I, I'm, I'm still a little worried because I'm not 100% sure if they can keep this up, especially if what you're saying is true. Uh, Clefbaum could be out until February, um, and then Secker cutting back, and, and we know how Secker was last year after his injury. But um, uh, my last point is I think right now anybody that says anything negative about Leon Dreisaitl and him not being able to drive his own line needs to just zip it because this guy is on pace for 100 points almost. I don't care what line he's on. I don't care who he's playing with. He's on pace for 100 points. When was the last time the Oilers had two players that were on pace for 100 points? That's all I have. Let's go Oilers, and, and thank you. All right, appreciate it, Chris. Chris from Phoenix checking in tonight. Oilers beat Philly 4-1. Sean Couturier, one of the Philly top guns. His comments for BDO, first call, debt solutions, bankruptcies and consumer proposals, license insolvency trustees. Sean, is it sort of the feeling, the reaction you guys come in after this, is it any different? I mean, is there, I mean, do these start to pile up and emotionally does it start to just wear you down? Yeah, it's tough right now. Um... I don't know what to say. You know, we're not. It's uh, little things that are costing us one-on-one battles tonight. You know, um, you know, too many, too many lost battles one-on-one, and you know they, uh, they got a few goals off those. Four-minute power play. Obviously, that was kind of a turning point. Not being able to, to generate her. Yeah, I mean, lately our power play. We've, I mean, all year we've been doing nothing. It's horrible. It's killing the momentum. We got to be better. Uh, you know, at least if we can get some shots and some chances. Right now, we're just just passing it around, and we're not doing anything, and it's uh, it's killing the momentum. All right, the disappointed Sean Couturier. His Flyers lose 4-1 to the Edmonton Oilers. Their uh, power play goes 0 for 5 tonight. So they were asked about the four-minute power play with Kajula High sticking penalty. Got three shots, but I don't know if any were overly dangerous. Uh, the Flyers' power play came into today tied for 27th in the league their penalty kill though it was two for two tonight came in last 
So a bad formula well, for their special teams. We talk all the time that if you want to win in the National Hockey League, specialty teams and goaltending. Well, the Flyers have terrible specialty teams and terrible goaltending. Yet, because of uh, a very, very average Eastern Conference, they're only four points out of a playoff spot. Oilers win at 4-1 over Philly. We'll take a quick timeout. You'll hear from Alex Chason, who ties a career high with his 14th goal tonight. Oilers hockey presented by Osmond Auction. We're live in Studio 99. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Oilers hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 10. All right, the final of Rogers' place. It's Edmonton's sixth straight home ice victory, 4-1 over the Philadelphia Flyers. A text to 630-630 from Dave. He says, hey, guys, impressed to see the Oilers get it done tonight with maybe a bit of a lackluster effort. Hopefully they can keep it going against a couple opponents lower down in the standings. Well, they have Vancouver on the road tomorrow and then uh, St. Louis here on Tuesday, so you know it's one of the, you know, games you should win. But we know anything that can happen in a, in a one-off, they they got to keep pushing. Yeah, you know I don't think the Vancouver game is it, it, what you would consider a an automatic. I think the Vancouver Canucks are playing better as of late. They're getting healthier, as Bob and Jack talked about it. And the one thing that Vancouver is what we've seen is they work hard. They got a good work ethic. And I and just like Bob and Jack talked about, it, I'm looking forward to seeing Pedersen play. This kid is a rookie that will win Rookie of the Year this year. And every time you see a highlight on one of the sports channels that night. It's just an absolutely beautiful play. So uh, you want the others to continue pushing in the right direction. But as we've seen, there are no freebies in the National Hockey League. All right, we'll get to Alex Chase on in a minute. But first, we have Cam standing by. Cam, what's on your mind? Hey, guys, how's it going? Good. Big win, hey? Huge win. Unbelievable. So You got a, um, you got a cold, buddy? Yeah, no, I just had a little tickle in my throat. I think I got nervous. I thought we were going to talk about goalies, but we'll never do that again. So, hey, here's the question. Um, what's the status with Kitch? Like, I know you guys know inside stuff, and I don't, I, you know, wouldn't expect you to kind of break it open, but, like, did he kind of come in, he'll help you guys out, or, like, is the idea that it's a sustainable model, or what do you guys think is going to happen here with him? Because uh, he's like, well, I mean, honestly, the the inside information I think is is face value. What we were told when he, when he was hired, he's the coach for the rest of the year. Um, you know, I, I know Bob Nicholson was interviewed today. Clearly, if he if he does well, he'd have a chance to stick around, and, and Hitch is going to have to want to keep on coaching and, and and living the the NHL lifestyle. But I think. Yeah, sure. The the point. It was, I, I mean, we're trying not to look too far ahead here because there's day to day stuff going on in season. It, it could be another season of change for off season of change too for the Oilers in key positions, depending on how it, it goes. But but I I understand why Cam is asking that question. No, you're right. But I think the change was made. Let's make a change this season to hit you here for the rest of the year. And I'm sure if he does well enough, a lot of people would want him to stick around. Well, yeah, I mean, there'll be an evaluation process at season's end. And the better the the team does, uh, the better the evaluation will be, and then there will be options. So I think Hitch, I think he's just enjoying it moment to moment. I think that once you uh, get on the back end of your career, whatever career it is, you start appreciating what you have, and I think he's appreciating every day he gets up and goes to the rink, and, and the fact that they're winning and having success just makes it that much more fun. 9-2-2 two and two since he took over. Let's go back down to the Oilers dressing room, his 14th goal of the season tonight. Alex Jason. I think for me, it's kind of... 
I've never been uh, allowed to, to sit back. I've always had to put in the work and making sure I was ready. And obviously when you come on a PTO, there's no guarantee. Uh, you know, you can stay or you can go. Uh, um, but obviously for me, I think I've always... I've always only had uh, one thing in mind, and that was to make the team this year and uh, waited for my opportunity and, like I said, uh, grabbed it and making the best out of it right now. Is it easy or hard to play with the best player? I think both. Um, I think it's it's somewhat easy. Uh, I wouldn't say easy. There's nothing easy, but... Um, Obviously, you know, when Connor gets skating and uh, the quality of a player Leon is, uh, those two are going to create a lot. Um, so sometimes I find myself in just a position and I look around and there's not that many players around me, so that's kind of nice. Um, so I've been able to get some offense off that. And then... Um, at the same time, there's there's a lot more that's expected out of you. Uh, every night, you're expected to produce, and you're expected to, to be one of the best players, uh, obviously with the workload and the minutes that you're playing. And um, I think I've, I take pride in my, in my work with that as well. What, what do people back home say in Montreal when you're playing with McDavid? Like, they sent you out here, you're hoping to make the team, and a few months later, you're on the top line, and you've got 14 goals. What's the word in the street back home? I don't read any media, uh, so th that will be my first thing. I'm close to, to um, obviously, my mom and dad, my family. I keep in touch with a couple friends, but other than that, um, I don't pay too much attention to that. Nobody in Washington has texted you I think there's a couple guys uh, I've reached out. Um, asking for autographs from McDavid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's been nice with those guys, but... Um, like I said, I think uh, for me, I've learned to focus a day at a time, a game at a time. Um, like I said, I thought yesterday, um, personally, I, I didn't think I had a good game. And, um, it was nice to get a, a game right away here the, uh, the next night and prove that um, I can bounce back and have a, a better 60-minute. Alex Chason, 14 goals, career high. Oilers beat the Flyers 4-1. He gets one tonight. McDavid with two. And Adam Larson gets his first of the season. Okay, quickly, final call tonight's going to go to Farrell. Go ahead, Farrell. Hey, Reed, Rob. How's your day going? Good, buddy. All right. If if the coach keeps this up, do you think he's a candidate for the Jack Adams at the end of the year? Because the Oilers looked down and out two or three weeks ago, but... Old Hitchcock has really turned us around. It's funny. My son sent me a text the other day. He said if the Oilers keep doing what they're doing, they could have the winner of the Coach of the Year, the winner of the Hart, and the winner of the Vezina with the way the Koskinen, McDavid, and Ken Hitchcock seasons are going right now. Yeah. I, I mean, if, if... It's a long ways away, if, but... Yeah, if Hitch wins, uh, if he gets, what is he at, 20 points out of every 26 possible? If this team, if this team <laughs> yeah. wins a division... There's a very, yeah, he's yeah. in the running, absolutely. He'd be in the running, for sure. All right, long, long, a uh, lot of road between now and then, though. It's Next fun, up fun is, to think about it, though. is the Vancouver Canucks on 6.30, Chet, on Sunday night. We're going to start with the face-off show at 6.30. The game will start at 8. The Oilers will take a record of 18-12-3 into that game after beating Phil the Philadelphia Flyers 4-1 tonight. Oh, face-off trivia. 
Which Oiler played 34 minutes versus Florida, January 24th, 2008? Yoni Pitkinen, Brett got it. He goes into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 prepaid Visa gift card courtesy of Alpine Credits. Homeowners get approved, alpinecredits.ca. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer. Thanks to our engineer here at Rogers Place, Troy Bowler. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Edmonton over Philly 4-1. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Have a great weekend. Talk to you Sunday night.